Local Media This Week on Scariff Bay Community Radio is sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography. Ruth Griffin Photography at gmail.com. You're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and this is Local Media This Week. The programme where we have a look at the local print media here in County Clare and see what they're writing about and gives, in, gives us something to talk about. I'm delighted to be joined by most of our usual panel this week. First of all, Pat O'Brien. Pat, you're very welcome. Thanks, Jim. David Fleming. David, good to see you. Good to see you, Jim. We've no John S. Uh, today, so off the bench again for several. He's the super sub. Uh, in this organisation, and that's Luke Fleming. Luke, you're very welcome. Thanks, Jim. Far from super. (laughs) (laughs) You're super to us, Luke. (laughs) Anyway, I suppose, what better place to start than the front page? And the front page of the Clare Echo this week, uh, well, it'll make you hungry if you look at it. It's about Supermax. And Supermax uh, have got the planning permission and the go-ahead from onboard Planola this week for a... Plaza, like Barack Obama Plaza, maybe smaller in scale. My, it's not too much smaller, I think. My, my question would be, oh, what Claire genius is it going to be called after? Yes. Is it going to be the Davy Fitz Plaza? <laughs> would it be the Brian Lohan maybe Plaza? The, 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 Dan- the Daniel O'Connell <laughs> Plaza? The Gerlach Nan Plaza? Yeah. At the Benno Plaza? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. true. Could but we'll, we'll find out, I suppose, as well, time well, goes on. Well, what about a West Clare hotelier? The Trump Plaza. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think so. No, no. <laughs> They'd be jealous. So you, wa- you want to keep Trump in Dunbeg, but not in Ennis. Well, Dunbeg would hardly let him go at this <laughs> stage. Yeah, uh, there's branding uh, issues there, you know. So, but uh, yeah, listen, I think it's fourth time lucky. Um, and it's, I think with the, the way that things are going, I suppose for um, people that don't know, it's proposed for the exit, I suppose, which would be, if you're coming from Limerick towards Ennis, it's the first exit for Ennis. Exit I think. 12, yeah. So I presume uh, it's one of the, off the first roundabout there once you come up off the slip road there. Um, it has been pointed out to me that for anyone that would be on the motorway, uh, if you're travelling on the motorway network and you were going, we'll say, from Port Leash to Galway, and you were coming via Limerick. After Burt Hill, there is no uh, service venue or services on the motorway. So, yeah. and if you look at the success of um, a lot of the places that are there, like I, I'll be the first to admit myself, I, did, I didn't think the place in Burt Hill would do anything once it opened. It's a gold, well, I'd probably, I don't know if it's a gold mine, but, but it's very you, busy. It's always very busy. It's busy yeah. If Kerry are playing in Croke Park, uh, it's a real yeah. uh, stop for, it's kind of a halfway stop. I yeah, but, uh, but I think it it's, a, it's a stop for a lot of people anyway. It and, is. You know, it's yeah, a, if you're travelling up from anywhere really, uh, coming yeah. via Limerick on up to Dublin, you know, it can be very handy. Mm. Um, but not everybody, um, Jim, feels that this is the best development. Alan Flynn there, this is Porig's piece uh, that you've referred to on the front of page of the Echo. Alan Flynn of the Old Ground Hotel uh, raised concerns over the plaza scale and warned that the development could result in businesses in Ennis suffering, particularly other filling stations as well as tourism facilities such as the Coach Park. What would you... Would you agree with him? Would you... I I would... I mean, I would have a, a... I'd get annoyed talking about it. When when these motorways were built, which is going back over 20, 25 years or so, no provision whatever was made for motorway stops. Now, my first um, experience driving abroad 
was was in the early 80s in France. And you had these motorway stops, you know, maybe every 50 kilometers. Mm, mm, uh, you had mm. these big stops where you could, and there were smaller ones in between. Mm. Every 20 kilometers, you had a, a kind of a pull-in place with mm, toilets. Mm. We have pull-in places which are at random on our motorways mm. and, and no toilets. Mm. And, but these places where you could pull in, like Barack Obama, and they were, they were online or in line so that there was one at either side of the carriageway yes, or right. the motorway. Mm. Yeah. So you just pulled in. Yeah. Uh, easier to get to than these. So you're, say, you're saying that you don't think it would have an impact on us? I don't think it would have a huge impact on us. People aren't going to... If you're driving to somewhere on a motorway, David, are you going to pull off and go into somewhere like Ennis? A big, or certainly not a big town like Ennis anyway. No, but are and you, 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 you going to go off the motorway at all? No, you're not, because you're usually very... You would be one, you'd you're, be organised because you'd realise... You're realize, focused on where you're going. Yeah, mm. and you'd know that you'd have to fill up because mm. they're probably, you, want to, you want to avoid uh, mm. losing time. So I agree with you. Um, but the you one will, thing you, that you, I would sorry, you will stop though at one of these motorway places right. simply for a break. Yeah, for right. convenience. Yeah. yeah. Mm. The one thing that I would hope, um, which is I think at the Bird Hill stop, um, the Apple Green there at Bird Hill, is that this plaza would have um, recharging facilities for electric cars. Uh, no, no, David, I'm glad you brought. <laughs> this. I'm glad you brought that. <laughs> you can sit back you, now, you David, know. and relax B- because the um, <laughs> there is uh, planning potentially for up to uh, 16 charge points at it. At this particular facility? Right, yeah. no, which would probably be, uh, you know, double, double hopes, but we'll say on the planning application. And uh, again, Jim, you referred to the whole thing with regards to when the motorways were built and there was nothing attached to them. I agree, and I would refer back to my default position. We don't do planning well in this country. When the roads were being designed, it should have been one of the things that was considered. And the same with any new uh, petrol station in the last five to ten years should have had uh, a proviso that they had to provide um, charge points with them as well. Mm -hmm. And and not just a token gesture of one or two. Mm. Something like that. Because, again, like for anyone that sort of... Uh, travels, we'll say, in an electric car around the place. Um, the Junction 14 is the ESB network. Uh, they look after the, the public infrastructure for electric cars. That's their poster child. And it has eight charge points. This is Apple Green at Bird Hill? No, no, no. no, in no. Junction 14 on the way up oh, to Dublin. Oh, on the way up to Dublin, yeah. Right? That's their... That's their uh, e-cars. You know, that's their poster child with eight charge points. Yeah. Just eight. Eight. It's uh, a busy. It's the biggest one in the country, Jim. Outside of um, outside of uh, you know Tesla charge point, it's the biggest one. Mm. Eight. Yeah. This potentially would be able to charge sixteen. Double, this yeah. is common sense. Mm. This yeah. is what you know. Mm. This is the type of scale yeah. you you need for things to be going to. But uh, outside outside of that, um, look, it's they they provide a bit of employment. Uh, you could argue that there may be a few shops or 
you know, filling stations in the locality that maybe the locals might have used that they now might veer towards that. But look, that's commercial. Competition, mm. isn't it? That's competition. If the price of yeah. petrol or diesel or electricity yeah. uh, is sort of ten or fifteen cents cheaper at the local garage down the road, well, the locals will still go, keep going to the local garage, and then the just like us traveling on the motorway. Oh, sure, that's the handiest place there. We'll go there. But yeah, uh, yeah. The other but thing you, I suppose you did ask. Sorry, Pat. Uh, okay. You know, I remembered hearing debates on the radio uh, when these motorways be- were being built with local politicians up and down the country demanding that there be no, uh, that there be no stops, no shops on the motorway. That to it's going protect to, local to protect towns. their local towns. Yeah. You know. Now, on the other hand, I know you mentioned Apple Green. Uh, we have gone down once or twice to Apple Green with our grandchildren, mm. uh, just simply to go for a drive and yeah. stop somewhere. Yeah. And their look, parking is easy and yeah. it's bright and it's big. So no doubt people will do that. Mm. But I don't know would they, I don't think shops, no. businesses in Ennis and Crosheen and Carcastle and places like that will, will really suffer yeah. because of the new supermax. I can't imagine that, but I'd agree with you. And he is also, he's, um, he is um, roof, roof mounted solar panels, storm water runoff, petrol in in separators, and uh, his um, wastewater treatment plant, pumping station, and connection to the public um, foul sewer drainage improvement works, underground fuel storage tanks, rainwater harvesting systems, connection to, to public water supply underground storage tanks for firefighting purposes, underground rainwater harvesting. So he's he's um, he's putting in everything, you know, he's harvesting the water and he's putting up the hmm. The, the roof panels and you know I suppose doing everything to you, you look at we'll say Porrick's article there in the Echo on page 4 the initial plans were lodged in January 2016 yeah and that's you know, that's crazy say no more that is crazy six mm. years to mm. get a a fitting station and a, and a restaurant and shops yeah. to get planning for it. And prior to starting, um, starting the development, a contribution of 48,480 is to be paid to Clare County Council and inspect of public infrastructure facilities ben- benefiting the development in the area. A special development contribution of 35,000 is also to be paid to the council towards the improvement and maintenance of public infrastructure. So you're talking of 82 or 3,000? I'm sure they'll be getting a few bob a year in rates as well. But I suspect Mr. McDonough is, uh, will do extremely well. Just Jessica Quinns has, the pa- has this same story on page five of the, of the Champion and mm. people might be interested of when construction will begin. She reports that construction will begin on the site in early 2023 with hopes that the new plaza will be open by the end of that year. So we, we could do a show next Christmas. We yeah. could. Promise. Will Supermax sponsor the radio? Is that what you're saying, Jim? <laughs> well, well I, I was uh, down in o- Obama land there a few weeks ago and uh, they were sponsoring uh, Today FM for a show. So, uh, mm. you know, I, I don't know what they let allow us down there, but uh, Today FM were down there all right. So. And if we can hang to your car in, 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 um, down in, in, um, in not, the North Cock Town, Charleville, and you wanted to drive to Galway, there's no, there's no, st- there's no service station on the side of the road from uh, there unless you go off the, unless you go off the, yeah. the yeah. motorway. To brewery or to. You have to well, you'd have to go off in the city or somewhere, yeah. or, or maybe uh, uh, along the way. And sure, okay. when will we have a motorway to Cork? Oh, that would be an ecumenical matter. <laughs> 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 okay, we'll go on. Uh, 
Violet and Wynne get some coverage uh, in, I think, in the front page, uh, David, page, of the Care page, page one. Um, and and, uh, and two. financial, I suppose, woes yeah, well, it's, and concerns. This made the national media this week as well. Um, uh, Claire TD's €30,000 loans plus loans in loans to repay arrears and allowances. And uh, it was revealed this week, I think, in the national media, which is being picked up now in the Clare Champion, um, that Deputy Violet Ann Wynne received a loan from her former political party, Sinn Féin, of €12,126 to pay off arrears of, uh, was it arrears of rent that she owned uh, to the Housing Association. Um, And... It's quite remarkable, really, that a political party would go to these ends. Um, But anyway, they did. Um, But, of course, there was a bit of a falling out between herself and Mary Lou. And this is being picked up now again by... It's all very controversial, even, the the book that Shane Ross... You're going to have to read Shane Ross's book to to find out all about it. Yeah, Uh, which is mentioned there on page two, uh, I think, uh, of The Champion. uh, so you get a little taste of it, all right. Um, speaking to Shane Ross for his book, Mary Lou MacDonald, A Republic Riddle. Is it a Republican riddle or a Republic riddle? Miss Wynn. By the way, I've just noticed a few little typos in the Clare Champion uh, this week. So, you know, we, we'd be hoping the editors will pay attention now. But anyway, Republican riddle, Miss Wynn revealed the party lent her money for unpaid rent. And this is a quote. Mary Lou had phoned me. Mar- uh, Violet Ann Wynne three months after the election and said Sinn Féin would lend me the 12,126 debt that I owed elsewhere we reached an agreement but the other problems persisted she said these are the problems with the party uh, and with the local organisation seven months later in December 2020 Miss Wynne sought another meeting to discuss her debt this went badly according to Mr Ross's book and it goes on and you get the story. The other issue that she has been required to pay money back is for doll allowances. Mm-hmm. And TDs get allowances um, for all sorts of things. Uh, but they but it's predicated upon them being in the doll and contributing. But Deputy Wynne hasn't been contributing to the doll to the amount that she should and now has to pay those allowances back, mm-hmm. which is quite right. Um, but... You know, I don't know wh- whether Deputy Wynne will stand for re-election, but the electorate will have to make judgments about mm. these things. We and elect want, people uh, to represent us in the doll and wonder, to speak for us. maternity leave come into this? And maybe it does. It does uh, yeah. I mean, you know, she has been on maternity leave uh, in recent times, I think yeah. at least once since the yeah. last election. But certainly by the looks of it, this all happened uh, prior to having a child. Um, and her argument is, well, she wasn't able to get speaking rights in the doll because she didn't have a private, uh, she didn't have a parliamentary assistant. That implies that the parliamentary assistant would have done the research for her speeches and even probably maybe even wrote her speeches. Now, I know that's common in the doll, mm. but there are certain TDs who don't have um, the, uh, the backing of a party that would pay for a parliamentary assistant who does, who do speak in the doll. And... You shouldn't need a parliamentary assistant to speak your mind and to give your opinion on legislation or whatever it else is. So I wouldn't accept that excuse. No, yeah. but then, but David, you, you have to bear in mind, um, 
you know, she we said that Dan Danaher has the article just on the front page of, of, of The Champion and it says, uh, she recalled that during the height of COVID-19 restrictions, deputies were advised only to attend the doll if they had secured speaking time and, as you said, noted she didn't receive a parliamentary assistance until late July. So if I know the law technically would say you'd have to be there, but you have to remember as well that would say COVID was with us at the time. So I would imagine she's probably not the only TD that wa- wasn't in a position to attend. I wonder, yeah. was she the only t- cl- TD claiming the allowances or actually claimed the allowances? And then now has to pay them back. I know one or two others um, may be in the position, but more experienced hands would have known not to claim allowances like this yes. if they weren't in if, the doll. If they weren't going um, to the doll. Yeah, but it could be that the allowances are paid are off prepaid. You see, mm-hmm. we, we don't know. We, 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 you, you we don't, you we don't, don't want, know. I, I wouldn't be too critical there. Mm. You know, again, it would be like something you'd like maybe to hurt to... More clarification. Yeah, to mm. clarify it. Yeah. yeah. But even then, I wonder, why didn't she make an effort and actually try to get speaking rights. Um, now, she, there's 160 TDs. Mm-hmm. We have elected, uh, is it f- four or five in this constituency to four. represent the voices mm-hmm. of the constituents? Yeah, I suppose it hasn't be- stopped Deputy McNamara. I remember Deputy McNamara. I remember other deputies um, during COVID speaking in the convention centre. I mean, they're, they're quite often the doll is half empty or nearly mm. fully empty, but people can can get speaking rights. So it's now yeah, she it's did. I, I noticed she was in the doll um, for a debate, um, and her her she made history by bringing her her new baby into the doll, just as has happened in New Zealand and Australia and so on. Mm. Um, so I, 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 that's actually a good thing, just to remind people that TDs can have children. And should have children where they want to, and not be not having not having to curtail their freedoms as a result. So okay. Anyway, um, it'll be interesting to see how the the thing goes. You know, it was most fascinating the last election where Violet and Win topped the poll. You know, it was quite in, amazing. Really, it was. So uh, but it was that I think Sinn Fein bounce, and yeah. by all, if we're going by the polls, uh, it will be. There could be another big mm. bounce for Sinn Féin. Well, we'll, well be there, we'll be there to cover it, David. <laughs> okay. Re- resettlement Ireland um, was supposed to uh, get the money, uh, 12000 but they, 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 they couldn't receive the money, and it was suggested that it would, it would be given to the West Clare Cancer Centre. But it appears the West Clare Cancer Centre never received the money either, so there's a bit of a riddle about the about <laughs> Okay, I see I'm looking at page 8 on the Clare Echo, uh, an article there by Porrick, and it, it says the minister insists rural Clare doesn't need a padlock. I, um, I think that's probably uh, due to the fact uh, the minister for housing, Darrell O'Brien, and he, there's various pictures of him in, in the papers, in the two papers. Uh, you know, wh- when does a minister generally come to visit, Jim? When he's giving money. Good, or good, good news. news. Or good or news, good, yes. Or good, well, there, or good news there. Now, uh, there is one bit of good news in, in uh, Porrit's article. Now, there, there's plenty more articles in the in the Champion, and there's great pictures of the mayor there, and they sort of, you know, staring out into the distance from new, new houses. But uh, uh, Porrit writes there on page 8, Claire Echo understands that Broadford and Coor Clare are the submissions from 
uh, the county in a 50 million national pilot sewer scheme, which we have spoken about in the past. This is wastewater treatment, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and this is where the minister was defending progress on the addition of wastewater treatment plans around the county. And he says, uh, said, while, while it is welcome news for Broadford and Coor Clare, it's of little consolation to the remaining 50 towns and villages across Clare without wastewater treatment plans. The knock-on of, of that from the county development plan is that the areas will be dezoned for housing and a bleak picture for the future of uh, rural Clare. Then speaking to the Echo, uh, uh, the minister stated, quote, there's no padlock on rural Clare, I can assure you. He added, uh, firstly, you've got to look at the national situation. We've provided Irish Water with the largest capital budget they've ever had to deliver schemes, and they are making progress. In relation to the unserved villages scheme, that is a scheme that I brought forward. We put that scheme out there and have received applications, including from Clare, that are being assessed. I met with residents when I, in Broadford when I was here last year. I know there's a number of schemes. I want to get this up and running while we're doing the bigger work. Now, it's all very easy for them to say, yeah, we want to get it up and running. But uh, if they've basically uh, sent in for two for Clare, that's 4%. The other 96%, a.k.a. 50 towns and villages, what's going to happen to them? Yes. You know? And the I suppose it's also uncovered on page four by Owen Ryan in the Clare Champion. And as you say, there are photographs there uh, by John Kelly um, and the various dignitaries looking and pointing and gesturing on uh, on different I'd things. I'd say a photo for every housing development uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, they're, that they were at. Yeah. You know, yeah, so. There's 40 million, uh, Parley has it here in the, in the Echo as well, Jim. Uh, 40 million social housing officially opened. Um Four new social housing developments were formally opened by the Minister for Housing, Local Government and Heritage, Darrell O'Brien, across Clare and Monday Rise Park, McMahon. With a total approved budget of 40 million, the, de- the developments in Milton, Melbay, Tulla, and Tuninus, Ashline and Lifford will provide 153 new homes through a combination of direct build and tokeny development schemes funded by the department as part of the government's housing for all plan. A mix of one, two, and three and four bedroom dwellings featured high, featuring high specification finishes with an, an emphasis on energy efficiency for personal development. So, um, I suppose that's good news anyway. That, uh, oh, one hundred and fifty-three families will, will have a new house for yes for for, for Christmas. So that's and, and that's and, and actually I see the houses in Tulla and these are the fabulous houses that are, you know. Yeah. yeah, and very well done, and and they have underwater heating, you know, the and uh, all the all the mod cons for for the modern and uh, hopefully modern houses. Pat, not a smidgen of pyrite anywhere in any of those houses. Yeah. Hopefully not anywhere. Yeah, pyrite is still. Um, we seem to be the government seem to be rowing back a bit. Luke, on the on the pyrite situation. Yeah, well, as I said, uh, the. The levy uh, was halved, I think, there uh, last week. And Fiona writes on p- uh, page six of the champion, uh, trapped pyrite homeowners make plea. And who are they making the plea to? Minister O'Brien. So you see, <laughs> it's sort of good news and bad news. He's been, he, he was around for various bits and pieces. And then this is the bad, the bad side of things. He seems to be pulled and dragged all over the place. Exactly. So Fiona... Uh, uh, is writing uh, in a strongly worded letter to the housing minister action groups in Clare, Mayo, Donegal and Limerick have pleaded for an update on when the new scheme will go live and this is almost a year after a revised grant scheme for, phone for homeowners with defective concrete blocks was, was agreed 
Campaigners say thousands are still trapped in unsafe uh, houses. The letter, copied to all Cabinet members, has also sought an assurance that enough temporary accommodation will be provided when homeowners need it. Like, mm. it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, we've spoken about this before. It's going to cost a fortune. And I think then you can double what we think it's going to cost. <laughs> yeah. yes. You know, because I said over, like, you know, when we had Fiona out talking to us before, she's been covering it for two years. And, it, you know, it started yeah, in Donegal yeah. and it took a year for it to get down here. Well, can I ask you, gentlemen, wasn't it populism, really, that ended the levy idea? It was opposition TDs and government backbench TDs on hearing that this could increase the house prices, that ultimately scuppered the... Like, what, what, what about the principle Would that the people who caused the problem should actually be paying for it? Yeah, but they, they, they weren't. The, 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 if, I, if I'm building a house and I went to one of the companies and buy, a load of, uh, buy my blocks and all that stuff, but I, I, I'm going to be paying for it. What? I, I'm, going be, I'm going to be paying for the levy. Yeah, mm. but why can't we insist as a state now it might not be legally possible insist that the price isn't passed on to the customer yeah. that actually it is the company that pays and that they should not get this money back from their customers I'm uh, sure the company doesn't exist anymore David where they do well, exist well we won't we won't name names <laughs> where they do exist but, but, uh, yeah, but are they going to pay Two billion euros, but aren't they, they, are, the, they are not. And they no well, well over they, a period. But, but the, the government but, is the but, biggest but, contributor but, to it. Over yeah. a period, they could. They, yeah. they will in their arse. So they should get off scot free, is what you're saying. I I am far from saying that. I'm saying they should get nailed to the wall for it, but they won't because the line will be the regulations at the time weren't well. Weren't, well, yeah, weren't the government attempted the government. to put a levy on it. And the scaremongering was that they're going. They would pass on. The companies would pass on this levy, and then the government. Mm. But you no, would hang on, David. It wasn't thought out properly. No, hang on, David. If you put a levy on something, it's a tax. So it's a bit like if you run a company and you're told that if you were running a being a uh, hotel, and in the in the you pay thirteen and a half percent VAT, and then uh, COVID comes along, and then the government says you're only paying nine percent VAT. And then they come along next next week and tell you, oh, you're back up to 13%. That's that's business. If they put a levy on you, you're you're not going to take the hit for that levy. You're going to pass it on to your customers. I think in a free market, mm. which is what we have, I mean, that mm. that is the way it will work. Yeah, but Well, but, the but, other option is to um, not call it a levy and call it something else. I mean, we can't call it a fine, can we? Because they haven't no. been fined. But we, we, there are ways, I'm sure. We have some very clever people around who could figure out how to get this money out of them. Right. Well, you, you compare it to other schemes. We're still, we were still up until recently paying for PMPA. How do you pay for it? Everybody pays an excess on their car insurance. Mm. We're paying. Uh, it sort of they sort of scratch PMP out of it, and then they wrote Quinn Insurance in, yeah. mm. and we're still paying the levy. Yeah. So now here's here's one for you. Would you pay another uh, twenty euros a year on your on your property tax? I'm going to be paying for this. It's going to cost us billions. So the taxpayer will be paying for this for years anyway. Yeah, but yes. would you would you pay another twenty euros a year on your property tax to assist towards it? 
Uh, I'm going to be paying it anyway, Luke. Is Would what you I'm want saying. to? <laughs> I don't want to pay any of it. <laughs> is is my issue? Yeah, but, uh, but, but you said you want to nail them. How are you going to do that? You're bringing proper legislation. You're bringing legislation. You're bringing legislation to nail them. No, I think they should bring in. I think they should be, but I don't think there will be because, again, I refer back to in this country we don't do planning. In this thing, you basically said that uh, populist. um, I I was listening to the 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 budget on uh, the national. radio station when it was broadcast I was, I was travelling in the car and I was out of the jurisdiction for Scarf Bay so I, could, I couldn't tune in <laughs> uh, and, and you had um, you had uh, the man that used to be a minister and is now the chief uh, man for the housing the Concrete Industry Federation uh, what's his name he, Tom Parlin Tom Parlin yes he basically came out and said that oh it could cost up to another between two and four thousand euros a year which was uh, scaremongering uh, well this is the thing. The, the That's exactly what you'd expect him to say. Well, well you, yes, you would expect him to say it. But we said you have to understand they're a very important. Uh, th- uh, well, they think they're important and they probably are, but they're a very um, well-connected lobbying group uh, with the Concrete Industry Federation in general. But the thing in relation to this is this it wouldn't just have been a tax on concrete blocks. It was a tax on all concrete and products. products. Mm-hmm. OK, and that's where I think people sort of didn't realise that fully at the start. And you mm. sort of go, oh, hang on now, if I want to build a concrete fence or if I want to get um, wanna, uh, a bit of precast concrete done or something like that. You know, sh- like a shade of tank. Exactly. Yeah. They mm. said, oh, that, that, that was going to be coming on to you. And then you had the people who came out and said, well, you're trying to nail, you're trying to nail the people that are at the bottom of the housing scheme, uh, you know, say you know that might be trying to buy their first house and you're putting another three or four thousand euros on the cost of that and you say well that's not very fair and then you get the populism side of things and it was in a in a budget where they sort of we're literally still throwing money away uh, mm. at everything that sort mm. of uh, is is out there uh, the 10 percent has now sort of uh, a, bit, a bit like you know okay right we'll, we'll turn it down to five percent it has faded away it has faded it has faded away but the the other side of things is you said we have that's we'll say you talk about uh, the housing industry with the other scenario where not a million miles away from here we have a wind farm that they want to pull down at a cost of probably about 200 million and it, for the, the illegal wind farm you're talking about the, the illegally constructed one. Uh, well, yeah, but uh, it started 20 years later. <laughs> uh, and you said, we're, we're, you said we're, what, what crisis are we in the middle of? We're in the middle of a housing crisis, an energy yeah. crisis. <laughs> Luke, and you have, a system, you have a system where you have, this is where this would actually contribute to the economy, David. 1% of the electricity in the country can still yeah. be provided by a dairy brine. And that's at no additional cost at the minute. If they want to take it down, they have said that the cost of restoring it to where it was more than 20 years ago could be up to 180 million. Could I bring you back to the concrete blocks? Wouldn't we be the first to say if the government wasn't going to do anything about the companies, we'd be the first to say that they should be going after them. And when they went after them by this attempt at a levy, and maybe it wasn't fully thought through, uh, there'd be um, we'd be the first to attack them, wouldn't no, we? No. It was it was very badly thought through. I'd have been behind legislation and put and put a levy on the on on the companies that supplied the blocks mm. and the concrete. Mm. And over a certain years, they 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 pay so much every year. I think we're going to have to all as taxpayers foot the bill for this. Well, we're all going to suffer. If we just just go back a minute, I I was talking to an engineer who who was working for one of the big companies, and we had a chat about the 
about the pyrite and about the, the regulation. And I says, is there any? No, he says, it's the same. It's self-regulation. He says, we, we, yeah. we as a company, we, 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 test, we test all the, 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 the stuff because we, just, we couldn't afford to, to, to be having, um, having legal things coming up to us. But uh, he, he, what he said was, a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of the places haven't tested them and the, yeah. the, comp- the companies yeah. definitely haven't tested them. But it, this goes back to what Luke has said. The construction industry in this country are a very powerful lobby group. And I wonder, I'm only wondering... Is is because we don't? Is it because we don't have uh, good regulations? Part of that reason. Have, that, we, uh, have we a virtual tent somewhere? I wonder. We have bad <laughs> regulation. Yeah, we we have, we have no regulation. Listen, we we better go on. Uh, we're and we're almost at half time. We probably are at half time. Pat, I saw you reading a piece there uh, on uh, Quinn and on the school in Quinn. Oh yeah, um, which are, they had um, a visit from the minister yeah, during uh, the week. Minister has plays for Quinn Schools Class Act. It's on the Clare um, Champion, I think. It's on page, page three. three. Yeah. Yes. Um, Fiona McGarry has the has the story there. It's all about, about Quinn actually, and uh, the, the do you know the, the those pupils that um, would be hard at learning and they'd be all the, you know all those and they have a special a special room there built in in, in the in the in in the school in Quinn. Raptors welcome greeted Minister for Special Education Josepha Medigan as she officially opened the ASD facilities at school near Maastricht in Quinn. The school choir and band entertained the Minister for State this Tuesday, but she was presented with an <coughs> with mementos of her visit, including a painting of the scenic East Clare village. She didn't get a pyrite block, no. <laughs> <laughs> The, the school's first ASD classroom opened earlier this year since then with the collaboration of the National Council for Special Education and a huge level of cooperation from staff, parents and pupils in the school. Actually, it's marvellous, Jim, to see something like well, that. Well, it's, it it's important just before we go to half time to note that we are this this county is probably better served than dublin if you heard, were listening on the uh, national media this morning uh, on uh, during the week they can't get teachers no in dublin right. f- with these with these particular students in mind the students who need extra support so you know we often give out about dublin and less happening in the provinces and the counties like county clare mm. But actually, we do we do do well. But part of the reason they can't get teachers is the accommodation costs. Yes, yes. I see. Just and and to finish this, um, a former colleague of mine, the principal in uh, Quinn, Fergal Lynch, and Fergal says that the the SNA, the special needs assistants, yes, are the most dedicated people who work always in the best interest of the <coughs> child. Always with smiles on their faces and full of positive energy. Yeah, yeah. And that is very true. Yeah. And my experience down through the years is for a school that has an SNA or two SNAs, the Department of Education have been doing everything to relieve you of the SNAs really? and, yeah. and to reduce their hours, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is, you yeah. know, when you're on the ground tis at the cold face. Just yes. before we go, as part of the visit to Clare, the Minister Medigan also visited Dura National School, which has two autism classes, and commended the work of the staff and the pupils. It's great to see uh, that kind of stuff going it on is, in the schools and those children look after. Pat, back to you. 
Um, we're at we're we're past half. We we've played extra time today in the first half. So, uh, but then hopefully we'll, we'll we've done we've covered a few interesting topics. Ro- what music can we play? Roger out Miller, on? his 40th anniversary of his death was there during the week. So we'll have Roger Miller with King of the Road. Uh, good short song, Pat. Good choice. <laughs> good choice. Trailers for sale or rent. Rooms to let fifty cents. No phone, no pool, no pets. Ain't got no cigarettes. Ah, but two hours of pushing broom buys and eight twelve four bedroom. I'm a man of means by no means king of the road. You're very welcome back. You're listening on Scarif Bay Community Radio. You're listening to Local Media This Week. And that was a blast from the past there from Pat, Roger Miller and King of the Road. Pat, one other thing. We didn't get in there before the break. We were talking about uh, the the Quinn School. But um, there's a, another piece there on Young All-Stars. Yeah, uh, Young All-Stars to be given big match stage. Dan Dan has the story. Uh, new Young Junior All-Stars will, will show that they uh, a match for the best when they showcase their skills on the biggest day in Clare Football Calendar. Two groups of children with, ad- with additional needs from Corofina Nairog will demonstrate their skills that, that they have learned and and the fun and drive from practicing in Gaelic games before the Clare Senior Football Decider at Cusick Park next Sunday. The initiative, the initiative was the brainchild of Adrian Beakey from Corofina Arcells, West Clare Sports Incl- uh, Inclusion Disability Officer James Murray asked me if he could organise a slot for the group to play in Cusick Park before one of the county finals. So this is a great initiative. Um, uh, Cusick Park actually had an initiative there where they had a week-long camp during the summer as well for, for all those children. And um, uh, the, the, it, was, it was great support, and I think it went very well. So I suppose Corofin do it on a Saturday morning. They have their own, they have their own um, thing up there, and uh, Eroga are doing it as well. So it's a nice initiative to oh, is, bring yeah, kids in is. and, and, and uh, you know, yeah. um, children just with, with needs to put their into sport. Okay, David, what are you doing for Halloween? Where do you want to go? <laughs> Well, there's plenty to do in Clare, and um, I'm trying to decide now uh, what what might be happening. There's a lot of trick or treating, obviously, good planned for tomorrow, for tomorrow night. But um, on page 25 of the Clare Echo, there's all sorts of possibilities. Um, one one thing that caught my eye was the Sound Puka Storytelling Festival, which is up at Michael Cusick Centre in Carron. And, of course, that's the f- now infamous, famous location of the Puka uh, statue, which was to be in Ennestymon. Um, and so they're, they're very clever up there. Tickets are available at the centre. It's, it's, it has started, I'm afraid. It's started at 2 o'clock today, but it's finishing at 4. Um, so whether, whether you'll be able to get up there or not, I don't know. But, Pat, you probably have one or two as well that you have spotted. Yeah, sure. There was a big list from there, David. Um, uh, over my own side of the country, the Halloween darkness walk in the Trilver Rock Hills. So there's a Halloween walk there on Saturday. Uh, the meet at 7.45 in the car park in Belvoir, and uh, the, the, the walk starts at 8pm sharp. It'll be back at 10pm. Wet gear, warm clothes, walking boots and torches are essential. 
and adult supervision is required for children. And there'll be chocolate surprises along the way. Well, we hope it was nice. <laughs> and the best Halloween costumes. We hope it was nice yesterday because we're, we, although we're, we're recording this, we'll be going out on Sunday. So yeah. we hope it was a lovely Well, so the place we go every year is the Vandalure Gardens in the Wall Gardens in Kilrush. Now, uh, we normally don't go for Halloween, but I mean, they're doing a piece, or they did it yesterday, uh, uh, the, the 29th at, at yeah. half 11. Um, so it's it's but it's yeah. a fabulous place to go. Yeah, I, I I've been there and I, I it's certainly to be recommended. One thing that people can go to, um, that's not over is the Cliffs of Moher. They've ads in both newspapers, and uh, it's on it it has been on since the twenty ninth. It's finishing on Monday the thirty first uh, at the Cliffs of Moher. There's a treasure hunt, prizes for best costumes for visitors, storytelling, spooky stories from the cliffs. I wonder. I'd be a bit worried about what they might be saying there. Uh, Cliff's View Cafe and Puffin Nest Cafe, Halloween muffins and treats. Um, a wicked weekend Ooh. of spooktacular Halloween <laughs> activities for all monsters, big and small. And, and animals okay. can go as well. You can go to uh, Bunwati, uh, which Folk Park is as well. Uh, Doolan Cave, Halloween uh, at, Mor- at, Mor- at, uh, at the Moorhaw Fair. And um, the Bourne Winterage Festival open in, in the Bourne the as well. And it's all there on page 25 on in the Clare Record. Yeah, so you can pick your, uh, the, the, the listeners can pick whatever they, they'd like to go for the weekend. Okay, during the week, Luke, we had uh, sports rights and the GA sports rights uh, came into question. And I know the, the Clare Echo uh, had a big piece on it during the week and there were winners and losers well there were, there were all right yeah and um, I suppose that there was a little bit of uh, angst and concern in community radio land in general I think that started in Kilkenny a few weeks ago in relation to it in relation to rights now I suppose maybe when it came when it started out and the word went out that Sky had pulled out of their deal uh, I think due to the fact that it the, the shorter season and they wanted to cover more games and the arrangement couldn't be re, re, uh, made but I don't think it's in the, the printed version, but uh, Porrick has an article that uh, he put up on the 26th uh, in relation to it. And uh, says, Scarf Bay Community Radio and Clare FM will continue to have access to broadcast GEA games as part of the association's new media deal announced this week. And uh, there is a, a fabulous picture there of a few of the lads in Clare FM, but there is a more fabulous picture of uh, <laughs> our, our own boys, uh, Leo and Pat, uh, on the sideline. Uh, we'll say, I think it was from a game from last year, if memory serves right, with Michael Murphy. And I'd safely say, Jim, I think that's your car in the background. And, uh, <laughs> Certainly I, my table in the <laughs> foreground. It's your table in the foreground. And uh, we have the boys well branded up there with the microphones and stuff like that. So they're, they're all looking good. And I think that was probably a game that was played down in um, uh, Shannon. 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 Yeah. But the yeah. big question, Luke, is how much did the radio station pay for the rights? Well, we cannot divulge. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, know. I think the same amount that we get paid. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Claire FM and ourselves have the rights on it continuing basis and to cover games oh well it's good to see it's good to see a bit of common sense and just we, we might move over up across the border I, I see the unionists um, some unionists up in the north uh, is very agitated over the amount of coverage BBC are going to be given to GA matches in the coming year he says that um, the, the, the 12th of July um, March is uh, not being covered properly on BBC, but uh, the, the G seem to have taken over all the... All the no, there might be a game on. 
For sure, would, it might be cheaper for them to cover the G8 and the twelfth, the twelfth marches. Would they know. move the twelfth march? I wonder <laughs> if there was an Ulster final on that day. <laughs> okay, we'll go on. Uh, a number of Scarif-related stories, uh, David. Um, the the bus, first of all, I'm looking there at a, a draw, a, an interesting um, image on well, page uh, nine of the Clare Champion. On page nine, there's an ad about this story, which is a very good news story. But before we get to it, it appears that Scarif is about to be smashed by a fork. Um, <laughs> consumed. Uh, consumed by a fork. And just below Limerick City, uh, there's a bowl of spaghetti. But the implication is there is a line between the fork and the bowl, and which is uh, imitating a piece of spaghetti. But it is actually the road from Scarif to Limerick via Killaloo and Clonlara. And it is a good news story. It's on page, uh, page six, six of yeah. The Champion. It's by Fiona uh, McGarry. Um, and it's about an upgrade of the Scarif to Limerick bus, the bus Aaron route, the R345, which have Scarif, Tumgraney, Raheen, Cross, O'Gunnolo, O'Brien's Bridge, Bridgetown, Clonlara and Parteen. Operates from 7.05 a.m. with the last service leaving East Clare at 7 p.m. Services from Limerick City start at 8.45 a.m. with the last bus leaving Limerick bus station at 8.25 and arriving at Scarif at 9.36, which is actually a very, you That's know, a good that service. is a good service. It is. And we often, we've often maybe complained about services, but this is actually a good service. I don't think it's used very much. I've seen the bus come into Tomb Graney. I've actually picked somebody up um, who was visiting uh, from Limerick, uh, who was visiting me out here. Um, and, you know, he was the only one to get off. But I, it's a very popular route from Limerick to um, to O'Gunnolo. Um, Certainly as far as Killaloo. And, and to Killaloo, mm. yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a welcome development. It says here the delivery of 1.7 million new kilometres of birth services being announced today provides a choice for people living and working in the Midwest and the Northeast region. So it's part of that bigger development um, and the Minister for Transport Eamon Ryan said government is very conscious of the need to connect people and places in rural as well as urban areas with accessible integrated and sustainable public transport I see his colleague um, the TD for Limerick <coughs> the Green TD also announced <coughs> for Limerick uh, new, a new rail connection which will eventually go down to Adair oh very good so that's, yeah. a, that's an exciting development too if it comes off okay and Pat uh, another Scarif story is that uh, Air are making some modifications in their plan for a mast in the Connacht Road area of Scarif yeah the, the developers offer to reduce mast height but one it would be less effective a controversial plan to erect the 21 major tele telecoms Mast in Scarif have resurfaced now that the developers have lodged an appeal. The council rejected permission for the structure at the at the Aircom Exchange, but the developers have now told on board Planola they are willing to reduce the height of the mast to 18 metres. Making the offer to reduce the, the mast, the height, AI warned that the lower mast will reduce qu quality of service to the wider area and result in reduction for other digital coverage providers to gain representation on it. In document submissions by the agents, Talcom Aircom Limited Trading as AIR acknowledged the council refusal of planning permission on the grounds of mass visual impact on the town and the scenic is clear route. However, the applicant said it respectfully disagrees with that rationale. 
Surprise, mm. surprise. So, so it's it could be. We'll see how the um, so the residents three in the meters. area. It's three meters. The three meters. It's five meters from well, twenty-three down to eighteen. It's 18. actually, Pat. I have to, or Jim. I have to respectfully disagree with oh. you. Oh, <laughs> uh, it says here twenty-one meters. Oh, uh, controversial plans to erect a twenty-one, 21 meter. Twenty-one, yeah. meter, yeah. So yeah, it's three, three meters. meters of a reduction. No, you know I'm a meter and a bit. Uh, you can imagine yeah, three, <laughs> three humans. Yeah. Three humans. Is it? Is it a lot? Yeah, we'll yeah. see how it goes. Yeah. We better yeah. move on. Board Nada is cancelling the appeal and uh, has given February 7th, 2023 as uh, the, de- the decision date. Right. On page 8, Luke, of the Clare Champion, there is an interesting piece there, uh, again, on the from Clare County Council in relation to a development in the centre of Scarif. Yeah, uh, I suppose it's been talked about for a period of time and I know uh, uh, the councillors uh, from the Killaloo Municipal District have spoken in relation to it and it seems that they've sort of uh, gotten it over the line to a certain extent now because uh, the, the notice says uh, there's various different parts of the Planning and Development Act but basically uh, what they're looking to do, uh, the Clare County Council proposes to carry out following development, refurbishment refurbishment of the former Supermax and Merriman Tavern buildings. I, I'd be a bit upset now in relation to the Merriman there. It should have been the Merriman t- Tavern building and Supermax for a few years. Yes. It was the Merriman <laughs> for a lot longer than it was Supermax. And more longer lasting effects exactly, from the Merriman. Exactly. Construction of a public car park on the adjacent Greenfield site, which I think for anyone that uh, it's basically for anyone that is going down the side of Scarif uh, at the minute down, down Jones's the road, road. Down, down, Jones's road we'll say, down towards the ambulance uh, bay it's the field on the right in there mm-hmm. beside the hotel I suppose yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 con- and connection to existing on-site services so then uh, all, com- carry out complete alterations additions to the buildings change of use of the former Supermax building again uh, to a digital hub uh, the change of use of the former Merriman Tavern building to an enterprise centre slash community space. I'm sure the community will be happy enough about well, that. Well, it was always a community space. Yeah. And constru- <laughs> exactly, but <laughs> just a licensed one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> construct a public car park on adjacent Greenfield site and pedestrian vehicular access from the L4024 roadway. And then other access, connect to services, installation of associated signage and all ancillary site work. There's one bit, Jim, and that that I'm very disappointed not to see. But uh, a, a councillor that we spoke to recently had indicated that there was a chance it would be there's no mention of a charging point. Yes, you never know. Hmm. God is good. Well. <laughs> OK, one of the things I notice on the Clare Echo this week, and it's on page 18 of the Clare Echo, and something wonderful to see for us people back here in East Clare is an East Clare page, David. Yes, and of course, uh, the champion has always had an East Clare page. And so it's great to see that the Echo has uh, decided to, to rightfully recognise this yeah. part of the county. Uh, they have two stories on it. Joint exhibition raising funds to help Ukrainian soldiers um, by, by um, Shifa Peril. Um, Clonlara's Grania Maloney has teamed up with Ukrainian artist Yeni for a joint exhibition of paintings now on display at, at Clare Museum. And there's a little ad for that. It's happening from the 11th of October to the 11th of November in the Clare Museum. And then there is another story, um, <coughs> inspirational Dunica to cut long locks for charity by Elaine Tuberty. And there is the famous Davy Fitzgerald pictured with said Dunica Hayes from Mount Shannon. We've reported on this before, of course. Um, uh, he, Dunica has decided that along with cutting his hair for Rapunzel 
that he was going to fundraise. When asked what charities he wanted to pick, he decided that he would like to help charities and help children like him. He chose the Children's Grief Project and the Dyslexia Association of Ireland. He picked the Dyslexia Association because he has dyslexia and dyspraxia, and he thinks that other children who don't get as much help as him would benefit from it. From it. So it's, um, and there's a GoFundMe account there at the very bottom uh, for Dunica's Hair Chop for Children. So it's great to see that the, the Clare Echo is, is, has a page, and we'd love to see it continue. Yes, and I was, I was actually talking to Dunica during the week, and uh, a remarkable young man, without a shadow of a doubt, really remarkable young man, and hopefully it will go very well for his um, his haircut. And uh, <laughs> it needs to be cut at this stage. Well, now. it's quite long. Let's just put it that way. We, there's a picture of him there. And um, uh, there'll be a lot of hair on the ground. There will. There will for sure. Pat, have you noticed much speeding any time you have driven through uh, the village of Quinn? No, but I, I see Pat. Uh, I, well, I don't see in Quinn that much, Tim. But uh, I see Pat Quinn, uh, his uh, book is very... Uh, Agi- agitated over over speeding through Quinn and he has the story there on the East Clare page uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, he says there's a, uh, a lot of speeding and there's, oh, uh, unbelievable speeding unbelievable yes. amount of speeding yeah. page 15 so, I and that's on the road from um, that's from the, the Dromoland road from Dromoland back yeah. up on Quinn from the, from the Clare in uh, yeah yeah yes. yeah mm-hmm. I didn't think that road was um, was was uh, very wide for speeding. I, I I thought this would be kind of uh, would be kind of go, go handy along with that. At least I yeah. would anyway. I know. Well, <laughs> I'm sure you're a very upright citizen. You wouldn't be speeding anywhere, would but you? But I suppose Pat is reacting as well. Yeah, to people the complaints. Representations yeah. must have been made. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, a, yeah. A, a nice picture of, uh, and I know we'll say when we're recording the results of the tidy towns were out uh, today, and Quinn did very well in the tidy towns, and yeah. there's a very tidy. picture picture of uh, the sign for Quinn and Pat beside it and a lovely uh, cut hedge behind him so I'd say he was very happy to uh, uh, be, be, be pictured well, he has in, the hedges in cut in Whitegate so he's now <laughs> turning his attention <laughs> to Ex- Quinn exactly yeah so. with, with a number of routes leading into the village an appeal has been made by Councillor Petbrook for safe for safely walks to protect the many pedestrians that walk in the area particularly those going to and from school the Kildare District Councillor described the speed of many of the motorists as unbelievable, saying that the Kildare Moorland Road, as it is known locally, is particularly busy. Quinn itself is a very busy village with big and with a big and growing population. Between six and eight weeks ago, I was called after an incident where I carelessly the road and went through a boundary wall into someone's property. Thankfully, nobody was seriously injured, but it would have been an awful situation if there was someone walking in the area at the time. It's possibly, so, yeah, it's it's, they it, probably need um, footpaths and probably look for footpaths. And, uh, it's a very um, historic place. I mean, recently, for the first yeah. time in ages, we did a walk around the, the, the Abbey, Abbey in Abbey, Quinn, yeah. and yeah. David, you'd be interested in I would, yeah. and it's been a long time since I've been down. Uh, the Cahirla can even councillor Elinokad and seconded the the motion uh, mm. at the at the Killaloo Municipal District. So okay, we'll have to see. Speaking of Killaloo, um, Smith O'Brien's GE and Camogie Club are doing a rowathon, and they've been inspired um, by Rosie Foley and her exploits in the water, and uh, that's covered. I see that's covered in the Clare Champion. Um, don't ask me what page. It's a couple of pages East after. Oh, yeah, no, it's after the East Clare page. Yeah. But um, so that's that's, that's matchmaking. We we finish on matchmaking. 
because uh, I know the two of ye are experts at this stage on matchmaking. We have a book. Been we have a mill. book between us. Myself and Pat have a book, and we don't charge as much as the fellas in in um, uh, in Liston Verna. But anyway, there is. Uh, there is, is your book now like um, your man's book? Uh, well, we're only starting out. <laughs> we're only starting out. But we'll give a better deal if we if the matches come yeah. through. But Willie, anyway, Willie Daly. Willie Daly is what I'm thinking of. But um. Uh, we're just trying to find the page now, actually, where that story is. Yeah, yeah page 21 has it. Keane's matchmaker heads for Liston Varna. This, of course, is the famous playwright, uh, John B. Keane. Um, and the play uh, <laughs> is a popular version of Cupid, Willie Day. What does it say here? Liston Varna is noted as the home of the matchmaking festival and also the residence of the county's most popular version of Cupid. <laughs> I don't know what we agree with. Did you meet him up we there? Met, we met, we, he didn't look like Cupid to us. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, there, it's, going, it's, it's starring John Kenny and Norma Sheehan and it's heading for the pavilion on Saturday, November 5th. Um, so it's uh, it's a funny one. Very good. Yeah, directed by, by uh, Michael, Michael Scott. Scott. Yes, yeah. his okay. production, John yeah. Listen, mm. I think that brings us to the end of uh, the local media this week. Show. That was a whirlwind. Jim. It was a whirlwind. <laughs> anyway. And again, my thanks to uh, to you, Pat. Thanks, Jim. And to David. Pleasure. And to Luke. Thanks, Jim. And uh, hopefully that uh, we have sparked your interest as listeners in what's in the Clare print media this week. And we're strong supporters of the print media because uh, it's it lets us know what's going on all up and down north, south, east and west Clare. So we'll finish with some music. And uh, Pat, I'm sure you have something appropriate for us. Uh, with a Billy Joel with the Piano Man, uh, one, of the, one of the great songs. Absolutely brilliant yeah. choice. So that's all for this week. We'll talk to you again, please God, next Sunday at two. Goodbye and God bless. <laughs>